Welcome to the Rock Church Audio Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. Rock Church is located on Harrison Avenue, just west of the Cherry Bell Mall. Now here's Pastor Patrick McGuire with today's message. So for those of you who don't know me, Pastor Patrick, I'm the Family Life Pastor here. So I get the privilege of working with kids all the way up through the youth. And uh, it's really just an honor and a privilege that I have. And uh, so as such, I thought I would take a quick moment uh, before I jumped into where we're going to be today to uh, just kind of share with you what we've been talking about as a youth group. Uh, We've been meeting since, I don't know, end of May, June. So we've had quite a few weeks under our belt. But uh, just over the last few weeks, um, we've really just been talking about what God is doing in us. How does he work in us? Um, so we've just, we spent part of the summer just focusing on, hey, like who God is and having a respect and an honor for him as God, that he's not some girlfriend or boyfriend that you can have some on and off again relationship with sort of thing, but that he really wants a committed relationship with us, a personal relationship with us. And so we spent time with that. And then as he's working in us, we acknowledge that there are times when we have flaws. Right, where there are sin in our lives that we have to come to God, and we can't come with like this mask on of, oh God, you know, take me as I am, but don't take that. All right, we got to give all of ourselves and approach God, you know, authentically. Um, And so, talked about that, and that's what led us to this thought of how does God work in us as we come to God, as we have this relationship with God. Um, and we're growing in that. What is it that he is doing in us? And so we talked about how God does things in his own timing. Amen? I don't know why you're amening that, because it's often not my timing, and it's completely what he wants to do, so it doesn't always work with what I'm hoping for, all right? But God works in his own timing, and uh, he also works in his own processes, processes that often we would not choose to go through, right? But he leads us in those, and it's in leading us in those that he is working to redeem our story, that he is working to redeem us, our lives, uh, the decisions and stuff that we've made, everything up to this point. He wants to redeem our story so that then we can live a life that brings him glory, right? It's not for our glory, it's for his glory, but thankfully he is working all things for our good, amen? So it's for his glory and our good. Ever say his glory? Our good. All right, now with this, we get to this point of what happens when God leads us into this process, and he's leading us into this process in his timing, and it is a process that is ongoing, and we find ourselves stuck in the middle, all right? And it doesn't matter um, what, how long it's been or whatever, we find ourselves in the middle. And so that's where I want to focus today. Uh, but before I get into it, would you please bow your heads and pray with me? God, I thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to come into your presence. That, God, we have set aside this time to encounter you. So, God, I ask that you would move me out of the way, that you would be the one who is speaking to us, and that uh, your word would go forth, that it would touch our hearts, that it would uh, take root and bear fruit that lasts in us. And so, God, we just ask that you would accomplish what it is you want to accomplish today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. So, uh, what do we do when we find ourselves in the middle of blank? I left that blank because I don't know what you're in the middle of. Only you know what you're in the middle of, and maybe a few close 
friends. Um, but whatever it is, whether it has to do with some relationship, whether it has to do uh, with something at work, whether it has to do with some decision that you have to make, no matter what, we can all find ourselves in the middle of something, right? Anybody in the middle of something this morning? Few of us. All right, we're in the middle of something. We could say we're in the middle of a virus season with everything going on, okay? So we can find ourselves in the middle of something, and this is where I want to focus. But before I get into it, uh, there was a time that I was thinking I was in the middle of something, and I was in the middle of a 5K, okay? Now, for those of you who know me know that I do not do long distance. Long distance is not my friend. I do not like to run. If you just ask me to run, I will say no. You put a ball in my hands or something like that, then I will run. But if you just want me to run, mm -mm, not happening, okay? But do we have any runners in the room? Okay, we got a few. Anybody done a 5K in the room? Even if you were forced to? Okay, we got some people who did a 5K. All right, I did one and I'm done, okay? And uh, so here we go. I found myself in a 5K and uh, it was something that we were doing with the children's ministry I was a part of at the time. And uh, with that, I was like, okay, 5K, sure, I'll do it. The kids all wanted us to do it and I was helping with the children's ministry and we were doing it all together. So I was like, okay. I'll do this. All right, here's the problem. The 5K was called the hot and hilly. All right, I should have taken that as a note to say no, but I didn't, okay? So I got to run this hot and hilly 5K, all right, that a couple in our church had put on. And uh, so Eric and I were at Evangel together, and um, we started preparing, all right? So she whipped out her phone, downloaded some app, and we we're like, all right, we're going to prepare for this 5K, Okay, so day one of preparing, it's like, hey, you can walk, or you can run a quarter of a mile, and then you could, like, walk half, or something like that, and I'm like, yes, I can do that, all right, just give me a quarter mile, I'll walk the rest, but as the days go on, it continues to increase, and you are running more, walking less, okay, and so we get to race day, and uh, they show you the starting line, you get your t-shirt, you get your little bib with your number, and uh, they show you where you're going to end, and they get you all lined up. All right, so we're ready to go. They say go. We start running, make it around this turn. All of a sudden, boom, first hill. Okay, I was like, wow, that's a little early for this, but first hill, here we go. So I'm pacing myself up the hill, trying to go, and I'm like, sweet, made it to the top of hill number one. Get running a little bit more, boom, hill two. Okay, by the top of hill two, I was done. I was like, I can't go any further. I don't, like, honestly, I was like, I just want to walk. Okay, I, my, my muscles can't take this anymore, and I just want to, you know, I deserve to walk. All right, I'm in the middle of this race, and I deserve to walk. Okay, that's what I was telling myself. And I find that also in my relationship with God and in life, there are times when we find ourselves in the middle. Okay, and we find ourselves in the middle of whatever it is, and there's these thoughts and stuff that start coming to us saying like, hey, I've been in the middle a while, I deserve something in this. I deserve a break, all right? Or I deserve to, like, not be in this. Somebody else should be in this, not me. Or why don't they get to be in this? And so we find ourselves in the middle, okay? And I want to take a moment to just talk about what God wants to do in the middle, because as I said, as a youth group, we're talking about how God works in us, okay? And God has purpose in the middle, all right? As he leads us into these processes that he has for us to help us grow, all right? We find ourselves in the middle, and God has purpose there. So there's three things that God does in the middle. Uh, first off, God will prepare you in the middle. Okay, we can take a look at the Israelites. 
All right, they've been enslaved in Egypt. God finally brings them out of Egypt and takes them into the desert. Now they're like, hold on, time out. We were supposed to go to the promised land. All right, God, there was a promise that you gave me that I'm supposed to be able to have here. We're supposed to be going in this direction, right? I'm supposed to have a good and prosperous life. I'm supposed to be going in this direction. And yet we find, we can put this up, Exodus 13, 17 through 18. We can throw that one up right there. It says, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though it was the shortest route to the promised land. Side note, how many of you guys like short routes? Just like you want to go from point A to point B, all right? Unfortunately, God said, if the people are faced with the battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt, all right? He does not always take us the shortest way because he knows what's ahead, all right? And so he will take us and we will be prepared in the middle. It was in the middle that God revealed himself, okay? And that's number two, that when we find ourselves in the middle, God will reveal himself to us. Okay, he takes that time. So it was in the middle that the Israelites, they got to encounter God. God revealed himself to them. They had this covenant established, this relationship established. And that happened in the middle. So that they could be prepared and have this relationship with God for what was coming. All right, for the battles that they would face in the promised land. Okay, we can also look at something else that happened in the middle where God revealed himself. And that was the disciples. Okay, we have the followers of Jesus. They've been following Jesus around for a while now, have a pretty good relationship with him, and they go out on this boat, all right? And I don't know how they end up doing this, but all the time, they end up in these storms, it seems like, all right? Here a storm, there a storm, everywhere a storm, storm, okay? And they end up in these storms, and it's like, okay, they're bracing against the waves, and here comes Jesus just walking on the water, okay? And he's walking, and then they're like, oh my gosh, it's a ghost, all right, but eventually they have this conversation with Jesus. Peter gets this opportunity to walk on water, sweet, awesome, and uh, Jesus gets in the boat, and he's like, yo, what's going on? Why are you all freaking out? It's just water, like, <laughs> okay, and uh, we get to this place, and it says that the disciples then realized who he was, that he was the Son of God. There was this revelation that took place in the middle Okay? The other thing that God will do in the middle is that he will bless other people. Your middle is not always just for you. Okay? Sometimes we find ourselves in the middle, and it's because God is trying to use us to meet up with somebody else that then we can accomplish something, or he can accomplish something through us for them. Take, for instance, Saul, or Paul and Silas. I almost said Saul and Pilas. That's wrong. All right? Paul and Silas. Acts 16, right? They end up in prison. And uh, it's about midnight, all right, middle of the night. They are in the middle, and uh, they're praising God, okay? Prison doors break open, shackles come off, and the jailer's like, oh my gosh, people are going to kill me for letting these prisoners go, so I might as well kill myself. And uh, thankfully, Paul and Silas are like, no, we're all still here. And they had the opportunity to bless the jailer with the gospel, to bless the jailer by saying, hey, God loves you, and they got to speak to his family, and his whole family got saved, all right, because of what happened in the middle. If they weren't in prison, that doesn't happen. They weren't in the middle, that didn't happen. If you're not in the middle where you are, you miss out on an opportunity for God to do something in somebody else's life, okay? So God will do things in the middle for us. But if we're honest, when we find ourselves in the middle, 
We are not always thinking about how God is preparing us for what's next. Yes. Crowd goes wild. All right. We're not necessarily thinking about what it is God's trying to reveal to us. We're not always thinking about other people around us and how we can be a blessing to them. If we're honest, and I know for me this is the case, oftentimes when I'm in the middle, it doesn't matter that I might know where the finish line is. It doesn't matter that I might have some direction to get out. Somehow things become foggy. I end up in this storm or whatever with winds and stuff just kind of blowing around, and I can't see my way out. And it becomes all about me, me, myself, and I. Why am I here? Why does it feel like I am alone? Nobody else is going through this. How am I supposed to deal with losing my job? How am I supposed to deal with this whole thing going on at home with kids and all of that with schooling and things now and the changes that have made? How am I supposed to deal with adjusting to this new normal? Okay, we find ourselves in this spot and we lose perspective. And we lose perspective for I believe there are three reasons. Okay, reason number one is this, comparison. Ooh, I'm going there. All right, comparison. As I was running this race, this 5K, you know, you see everybody has their own pace. There are some that are fast. There are some that are slow. Then there's me. Then there's kids, okay? Not really. I'd be somewhere in the middle there or something like that. But you get to this place in the race where you're, like, running. You're like, wait, I'm trying to be as fast as this person. Or, you know, at least I'm faster than that person. Or if only I had that person's shoes, I would really be able to run this race. And I would just, easy, right? Or if only I had somebody else's training app to prepare for this race because ours did not prepare us for hills, okay? I'm just throwing that out there, all right? We get comparing. We get to this place of comparing, right? Why do they have more resources than I do? How do they have a better job than I do? All right, I deserve something, like I, I should be somewhere. And dare we say, at least I'm better off than them. Right? We get to this place of comparing. And here's the reason I think, let's look at this. Jack, that's you. There we go. The desire to compare comes from a place of not understanding who we are and whose we are. We get in the middle of whatever it is. And our eyes shift from where they're supposed to be on Jesus, who is our help, who is the source of our strength, source of life for us. Our eyes get off of him and somehow on the person in the mirror. And we try to make things happen on our own. And we forget whose we are. That if we are God's, he will take care of us. That is who he is. That is what he does. Okay, that is all he is doing. He is trying to take care of us in each and every situation. We just don't always like how, but that's what he's doing. All right, he is the good shepherd. We are his sheep. All right, so when we forget whose we are and who we are, that leads us to start comparing to everybody else. Okay, and so I think that there's really something that we need to do when we find ourselves in the middle, in a situation of comparing, and that is this, be grateful. When you find yourself in the middle, be grateful. Okay, I'm reminded of a story uh, in Joshua chapter 4. And uh, it's a story about the Israelites. All right, they were coming out of the desert and they were crossing over into the promised land. And uh, what should have been like a few years in God's time, 
All right, they weren't obedient, turned it into 40 and caused issues, and so they finally make it. They're here, all right? They cross the Jordan River. It's really a remarkable thing, and I, you know, just encourage you to read it. But as they're crossing the river, all hundreds of thousands of them, uh, God says, hey, I want you to do something. I want you to take 12 stones from the middle of the river, and I want you to take those stones and set them up as a memorial, saying, hey, in the future, when your children ask, hey, what are those? You can say, hey, this is when God provided for us. This is when God brought us through. That they could be grateful and remember what it is God had done in their lives. And I think that when we find ourselves in the middle, it is so important that we get to this place of remembering that, hey, we're still here. God is still doing things in our lives. He is still speaking. He is still moving. He is still providing. All right? He has not changed. Just because our circumstance may have changed or whatever, he has not changed. All right? And he has still blessed us beyond anything that we could even think or imagine. All right, but here's what I do notice. I do notice that when I am trying to get in this grateful place, okay, that I start to run down my list of things that I'm grateful for, and it's really easy to just start running through things, okay? It's kind of easy to run through things you're grateful for without actually really being grateful for them, if we're honest, okay? But as you repeat that, and as you say, God, help me be grateful, eventually we start to really get to this place of appreciating the things that we have, all right? And it's not that, oh, we're better than somebody else, but we are blessed because of how God has taken care of us, okay? So having an attitude of gratitude in the middle, all right? That's how we deal with comparing. Number two, okay? This is something we get ourselves into. Number two is the crowd. Everybody say the crowd. You are a very good-looking crowd today. Give yourselves a round of applause. Some of you don't think you're good-looking. I don't know. I tried to compliment you. All right, but we find ourselves in the crowd, okay? As I was running this 5K, when you first start off, there's like a couple hundred racers or I don't remember how many, but you're kind of all packed, and you got to try to like weave your way and figure out what you're going to do, okay? But you get to this place, you're like, it's nice to have somebody to keep pace with, all right? As Erica and I were training for this 5K, it was nice because we would run together, and when I was tired, she could say, buckle up, like, let's go, keep running. And when she was tired, I would say, let's go, let's keep running. All right, let's go further, let's go faster. All right, let's improve. So we could go back and forth and encourage and challenge each other. All right, but here's the thing with this 5K. If you get stuck with the wrong people, that 5K would turn into a 10K. Okay, because there were some people who were running a 10K. And if I was not careful and not paying attention to who was running where and I was just trying to keep pace with somebody, all right, and I wasn't paying attention to everything going on, I would get wrapped up into a 10K race. I didn't even want to do the five, okay? So a 10 was not optional, all right? But it matters who we hang around. All right, we can look at Proverbs 13, verse 20, and it says this, walk with the wise and you become wise. All right, associate with fools and get in trouble. I've been in trouble a lot in my life. Probably been hanging with some fools. Got to check my crowd, all right? But when we walk with wise, when we are associating with people who we can count on, who will challenge us, encourage us, push us to go further, push us to stay content and stay grateful, all right, we got to make sure we are with the right crowd, okay? Because otherwise, we end up being with other believers, and this is other believers. It happens, okay? Where they're at a different pace than you, and you can't expect them to help keep you pace. 
all right? They're working on their race. That does not mean it needs to be yours. You have to run your race, okay? Now, here's the great thing about being a part of a community like we are. When we have the opportunity, as we are working on and trying to get small groups and stuff together, this is perfect for everybody, okay? Because you can come, and you might be the person who really needs some people to be able to check you and say, hey, you need to do better. Like, hey, like, let's run, all right? Stay focused on God. Keep pursuing him, all right? Don't quit. Don't give up just because it's getting hard. You need some people who can encourage you and challenge you in your walk with God. Okay, and some of you might be at the place where you have been running, and you've done great. You've kept the faith. You are good. There are other people that need to hear that. There are other people who need your encouragement to say, hey, they did it. I can do it too because God is with me, all right? So we got to have this mentality of, hey, we are all in this together. Romans 12, if we can put that up, Jack. Romans 12, 9 through 13 says this, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. This is where God has been having me recently in the space of always being ready to help those that are around me. All right, it's like I said, you might be in the middle of whatever so that you can help those that are also in the middle of the same thing, okay? So be mindful of your middle and be mindful of who's around you and how you can help them. And maybe you can help somebody else get through their middle, okay? So we gotta be careful of the crowd. Number three, number three is this, lack of confidence, Lack of confidence. By the time I got to the top of that second hill, I was done. My legs were done. My legs were like, we quit. We're done. Go find some other legs to run this race because we don't want to anymore. Okay? I got to this place. I didn't have the confidence in myself to be able to keep running. And there are times that I believe that we have confidence lacking in us. All right? In our relationship with God and in trying to do things. We're like, we can't, we don't know how to do this. All right? But to be honest, that's a good thing. Because if we have too much confidence in our ability to get through things, that's pride, and that pushes God away. Whereas we need God to get us where we need to. Okay? We need God. We need to trust his timing. Okay, let's look at this. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. All right, we have to trust God. Now, how many of you notice these chairs? Okay, but let me ask you this question. Uh, can we agree these are chairs? Yes, we can agree these are chairs. Good, okay. Wasn't sure if we're going to have to go back to school, but we're good, okay? So, these are chairs. Now, let me ask you this question. Which chair do you trust to hold you up? That one? This one? All right, so... We have people who trust this chair, okay? This one? Okay, we got, we got like a few. A few that are willing to trust this chair, okay? But the numbers are very different, all right? A lot of people trust this one more than this one. And like, come on, let's be honest. This one, padded, it's sturdy. 
Very nice. I should have done this at the beginning, just preached from here. It would have been great, right? But trust this chair. So I'm going to sit in this chair. I'm going to put my weight in this chair, right? Okay, what if I told you, though, that chair is God's will for your life? This chair, this little tiny blue chair, is God's will for your life. Well, no. Couldn't possibly be God's will for my life. That, that's not going to hold me up. That's not going to provide for my needs. That job isn't going to help me with my family, taking care of them. That job's not going to help me get to whatever aspirations I have. All right, doing that with my family, eh, that doesn't sound right. Being a missionary, not so sure about this. Whatever it is that God is calling you to might look like this. Okay? Now, where have I been standing for the most part? In the middle. Okay? How much time do we waste being in the middle comparing two chairs? Right? Trying to figure out, oh, well, this calling looks better on my life than this one. Okay? More people liked this one. The crowd liked this chair, so maybe I should go with this one. All right? I'm not sure I'm confident this chair is going to hold me up. How much time do we waste in the middle by not being obedient to what God wanted us to do? That was the problem with the Israelites. They get to the promised land, and God's like, all right, send spies. Go take it. Go. They weren't obedient. They didn't trust God. And because of that, an entire generation missed out on what it is God wanted to do. Because they stayed here and kept going back and forth. Well, can we really do that? Not sure we trust this. Don't think this is going to hold us up. As believers, when we find ourselves in the middle, it is so important that we trust God. That we get to the place that, yes, this looks crazy. In the middle of a pandemic, to have peace and to not be freaking out about everything may look a little crazy. All right? Trying to homeschool and work and be a mom that's crazy. But God will help you if that's what you're supposed to do. All right, so whatever it is God is calling you to do, do you trust him enough to put your weight on it? Do you trust him enough to say, hey, this looks crazy. This looks like this is not going to hold me up. That God, whatever it is you are trying to do in the middle does not make sense to my flesh. It is not what I want. This is not as comfortable as that one. Okay? But if this is where God needs you to be, this is where we want to be. And it's not just because it's a chair. All right? It's not about trusting the chair. It's about the manufacturer. It's about, you know what, God, whatever it is you ask me to do, even if it doesn't make sense and looks crazy, I'm going to trust you with it. And I'm going to be obedient to what it is you are asking me to do. Okay? So we get ourselves in the chair. Now here's the thing. When we trust God and we have faith, even when it's crazy, when we find ourselves in the middle and we're not entirely sure what to do, okay, when we trust God and sit down, guess what? How many of you are a little bit more willing to sit in that chair? Some of you are a little bit more willing to sit in this chair. Why? Because you saw me do it. You saw the chair hold me up, okay? So how about in our lives, all right, let's look at this. Let's look at this statement, Jack. I want us to think about this. What would happen with our community if they saw us put our weight 
and trust on God in the middle. If instead of freaking out, trying to figure out everything for ourselves, trying to plan some other alternative, jumping to a different place because we just feel like, oh, hey, this is what, you know, must be what God wants us to do when we find ourselves in the middle, trying to come up with an escape route, something more comfortable, all right? What if when we sat, we were then able to give hope to others, that when they find themselves in the middle, they too can choose to sit down and do what it is God is calling them to do, regardless of how crazy it looks, Okay? Remember, your middle is not necessarily always for you. What you are going through might just be so that you can help somebody else. You might be able to speak life into somebody else. And I said those three things at the beginning. I said that God will prepare you in the middle, God will reveal himself to you in the middle, and God will use the middle to bless other people. All right? He does all of those three things so that your faith would be strengthened. You look at the Israelites They get through the whole Red Sea ordeal where the Egyptians are drowned, all right? And it says their faith in God was strengthened, okay? That's what the desert was supposed to be. Their faith and trust in God was supposed to be strengthened, okay? You look at the disciples after they get out of the the storm and stuff, and Jesus is in the boat, and the waves are calm, and they all say, hey, this is God, and their faith was strengthened, okay? God uses the middle to strengthen our faith. So when he asks us to do something crazy in the middle, right, when he asks us to take a leap or a drop of faith, okay, because it's low, a drop of faith, all right, when he asks us to do that, that we would be willing to say yes. And here's the other thing, who knows how long we have to sit here. Just being honest, who knows how long we have to sit here before God leads us to what's next. Right? But as I'm sitting here, I at least have the opportunity to talk to all of you. And I have the opportunity to encourage all of you, to challenge all of you, to speak life to all of you, even in the middle of a really uncomfortable chair. Okay? Of an uncomfortable situation that didn't ask for. But this is where God needs me. And I'm going to be obedient. Amen? Would you stand with me as we pray and close? I want to end by making three statements as we stand. Three simple statements. I'm not going to take forever. Three statements. When we find ourselves in the middle, instead of comparing, let's trust what God is preparing. When we find ourselves in the middle, instead of being influenced by others, let's see how God wants to bless others through you. Okay? And instead of worrying about the middle, let's focus on what God is revealing in the middle. God, we come before you this morning. And God, we ask that you would open our eyes. That God, as we are in the middle, that you are there with us. That you did not leave us. You did not forsake us. That God, you are a personal God who cares so much for us that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. Because you want to redeem our story for your glory and our good. So God, help us to remember that when we are in the middle, God, that even in the middle, it's for your glory and our good. It doesn't just have to be at the end that it's for your glory and our good, but God, even in the middle, it's for your glory, our good, and the good of those that we have the opportunity to speak life into. So God, open our eyes to see where you have positioned us. Open our eyes to see 
what it is that you are calling us to do in the middle. And God, I ask that you would help us to strengthen our faith, to trust you enough to sit down in your presence, to do and obey whatever it is you ask us to do, God, that we would trust in you and be obedient to your word, knowing that you are for us. And so, God, we thank you for that. God, I pray that right now, you know what these people are in the middle of. You know what they're in the middle of. And God, I ask that you would show up in the middle. God, I ask that you would reveal yourself in the middle. God, I ask that you would make clear what it is you are preparing them for in the middle. And that, God, you would open their eyes to see those that are around them that they can be an influence on. Because, God, we know that your kingdom is about serving others. Your kingdom is about spreading hope and spreading joy. So God, it's not about us. It's about you and what you want to do through us. So God, give us eyes to see that. God, we thank you for your word that went forth. God, we thank you that your word accomplishes what it is meant to accomplish. That God, it went into our hearts. And God, I pray that it would take root and bear fruit. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We hope this has been a blessing in your life, and we look forward to having you joining us in person for a service soon. Our service times are Thursday nights at 7 o'clock and two services on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. God bless you.